while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna to wanna to write this down. Hey, my favorite listener, welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast, where I'm living my dream of bringing you stories and examples of confidence and communication by sharing my experiences and having conversations with amazing women who are all aspiring to do what it takes to find happiness and fulfillment in whatever it is that they are doing. So today I am very excited to have Colleen Monroe, who it's her first podcast guest episode. So excited about that. And Colleen is the CEO and president of the Monroe Group, a collection of development-focused businesses that includes Hugh Monroe Construction, Fort White Low Bedding, Lilyfield Quarry, and Clear Secure Distribution and Manufacturing. Colleen has worked with the family business since 1977, so I'm assuming she was a baby, and <laughs> became a president of the company in 2008 and has since gained an ongoing list of association involvement and awards and medals. Welcome to your first podcast recording, Colleen. Well, thanks, Jessica. I appreciate you having me today. Yes, super excited. So I wanted to fan your flames a little bit because as I was thinking about having you on here, I'm I'm super excited. And when I thought about how would I describe you, and I, I try to do that in the podcast as when I have people, I'll read a little bit of their bio, but also what your presence and just what you've done means to me. So I'm curious if you've heard this before, but what I think about you is that you are one badass woman. And I mean that with as much respect as can possibly be. And for those of you who don't know Colleen, she has this very strong and bold persona and her aura is strength. And she has this stealth look in her eye. And when I picture work you, I picture Colleen, the person that's like, don't fuck around. We got shit to do. Plus she's beautiful and she's very girly. I love it. The pink hair, killer nails all the time. Colleen, you are an inspiration to me. I think of you as the epitome of girls can do it all. And I heard you speak, and I think it was she day. There are lots of women that I hear speak often. And, you know, for them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did cool stuff. That's great as you were. But when I heard you speak, you're so real, you're so down to earth, yet you're so boss. And I was like, that one, I want to know. Do you hear that often? Well, you know what? It's funny. Uh, a lot of times people perceive me as certain ways. And you know what? Uh, I always say, you know, just because I'm a construction worker doesn't mean I always have to look like one, right? And I think that's part of, you know, what happens is people think that I might be a hairdresser or I'm into fashion, which sure, I love all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, I am a construction worker. I think that having maybe that strength comes from uh, of just facing your fears. I mean, you know what? I grew up in the business. I was running a machine when I was just, you know, a teenager, took lots of abuse out on the sites. So it's kind of what it taught me all the time is, you know, when I used to go to meetings and I was maybe only at that time out of school, 18 years old, and my dad would send me down to these pre-construction meetings and I really didn't know a damn thing, right? And it was like, I said to my dad, man, you know, I sat there, I didn't really say anything. And of course, being the only woman in the room, they're all looking and they're all curious. They're always going to remember what that one woman in the room has to say, mm -hmm. right? So I said to my dad, I was so disappointed in myself the first time I said, you know, 
I didn't even say anything. He said, well, you know what? Better you kept your mouth shut and, re- and open it and remove all doubts that they think you're cool, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, I kind of remembered. I didn't, I thought that was a little bit of the hard school in Knox, but there's anything that I've learned. It's, it's face your fears. And I always say, are you going to die from it? Are you, you know, what is it? Are you embarrassed from it? Did you say something stupid? Yeah, but do you think you're, do you think men don't say anything yeah. stupid They're in meetings and, you know, <laughs> or maybe not as aware as some of us women are? So, and I think that, you know, that's what I respect about you too. I always use that phrase, leap in the net will appear. Anything mm-hmm. safe after a while, I think sometimes we stop our personal growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're all given opportunities that it's challenges. And, you know, sometimes the challenges are too heavy. I mean, hey, I've had in my life at times where it's just like, man, oh man, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there, I have nothing else to give. And yet sometimes that leads you, you know, we talk about a spiritual path that also leads you to that as, yeah, you know what, there's something mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than you are too. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to give in that you can't, the control is an illusion. I think as women, we always think we control everything. We control our work. We control mm-hmm. our kids, we control our husband. All of that is an illusion. You can only control yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. That's great. Holy smoke. So much in there. I mean, the thing about leaping is one thing because I remember when I started my business, left any contract work or any sort of reliable income, I knew it was the leap. I used to be the person like looking at the uh, motivational posters, you know, take the leap. And I thought, okay, you take this one leap and then you're there, but it's like leap after leap after leap. Oh yeah. I don't think you're done the leaping until you're in the (laughs) box because I mean it. There's always, you think, oh, I'm, but once I get this done, then it'll be, and there's always another challenge. And I think yeah. that that's what life is, right? The thing about that maybe you get to learn in your leaps along the way is that you learn to maybe get peace within them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's, it's such a simple thing and people, you know, it's such a cliche, but people go, oh, you know, peace and happiness. It's like, yeah, isn't that what we're all striving for? Sometimes you get it in your marriage. Sometimes you get it with your kids. Sometimes you get it at work. Mm-hmm. But bottom line is you still got to have it in yourself. You can't give it away to anybody else. You don't feel it for yourself, right? That's so right. As easy as it is, it's quite we complicate it for ourselves to actually achieve it. I like to remind people you can't get to an happy ending on an unhappy journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that when you've learned your biggest lessons, Jessica? I mean, mm-hmm. we don't learn when things are easy and good. You only learn when things are difficult in your life or challenges or you become unhappy. And something I read one time in a book and it really struck me and it talked about depression and it talked about people today, we always want to get rid of uh, depression in a way of by, you know, maybe shopping or drinking or drugs or whatever that is. And it said, you should really welcome depression, the sadness when it hits you, because that's, it's trying to teach you something. And that really struck a chord with me because people always try to keep busy and they don't hear their inner voice. And I think women have such strong inner voices and intuition. We have a tendency to be too busy or caring about too many other people that we kind of lose that ourselves. And then you start making bad decisions, maybe at work or with your relationships, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that taking time to listen to yourself and we all know what's wrong and right. Right. But do we we justify it? Do we kind of, you know, analyze it and make excuses for either 
people that aren't treating us right in our life or, you know, sure. As, as women, we all do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the popular keynotes that I have is making decisions by intuition. And it really shocks me how people are almost like they're hearing it for the first time. I'm, and for me, it's like, this is how I live my life. I don't know how anyone else is alive. How are you alive if you're not using your intuition? How are you living? Like, how do you connect with your intuition? You know what? I, I think sometimes it's, and this is really difficult because we're all busy women, right? I mean, it, it's taking time. And I, I think it's taking time to, I guess it's called that self-nurture, right? There's many times I'll just go up to my room at the end of the day or early. I like doing it early in the morning. And even if it's only 20 minutes, just mm -hmm. being silent or, or listening to something that inspires you. Or I always say, you know, my higher power gives me something that day that I need, right. whether I, I need to remind it of that lesson because I might be going into a room of snakes or, you know, whatever that is. And I think it's reading energy. I, I always find it funny when I, I work with, you know, obviously construction men who, let's face it, a lot of them haven't done a lot of work or awareness and they always go, oh, you know, what is all this energy stuff that they're talking about, you know? And I think, well, here's an easy way to put it. When you go home and your wife's pissed at you and you can feel the energy, right? She doesn't even <laughs> have to speak. So that's really what energy, what we all put off. When I, If you walk into a room and you're confident and you believe that you should be there, the rest believe it. If you, if you have right. body language or you don't, they think you shouldn't be there either. So it really, the power all lays with you. And I think that's a mistake that women we do have is we give our power away to other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Without even realizing it. Yeah. With how we look or like, you know, that's one thing about getting, you know, older for me. It's like, I really don't give a damn anymore. If you don't like the way I wear my hair or what I do with my nails or what I wear, you know what? I'm not here to please you. Right. right. I certainly don't want to offend you. But it's, um, that's your shit to get over, not mine. Right. So, okay, this is, I love this already. So how did you find your energy? So first of all, so for people who are listening and they've already heard, you've worked your whole career in construction, which mm -hmm. is a male dominated industry. And I think most of us looking out the window or, you know, looking at a construction site, we can see that. So how did you find your energy in that? You started as a young person, you go to this meeting and you're like, I didn't well, open I, my it, mouth. It likely comes from areas of, you know, I mean, we let's face it, who hasn't grown up in some sort of a dysfunctional home, right? For me, I was an only child. My dad really would have loved to have boys being in the construction industry, try to, you know, get approvals, grow up in my life saying, hey, you know, dad, I got this. You don't need those sons, right? Which was especially gratifying to me when the other competitors, their sons, father's sons have difficult relationships too, right? They can't work together. So when mm -hmm. they all started to come work for us because they couldn't work with their own dad, I thought, oh, I've got this handled, right? Uh -huh. It's kind of in a really, when I look back, it's kind of a backwards way because my dad had his own chauvinism, but he didn't have, he didn't have anybody else. So you kind of got that spot just because you were going to do it. So he wasn't what I would call very protective. He kind of left me, you know, on my own to fight my own battles. And some of those days, those were hard because I always tell the story when I was on a machine and all these guys would come back, drive by me with the big buggies, which are huge machines and fill me full of dust because I had the slowest machine and laugh. And I thought, oh, wait, boy, wait till my dad comes on this job site. You're in big trouble, right? 
Well, I waited all day for my dad. My dad finally come at the end of the day. He waved and he left and he took off. And I was so mad that night when I come home and my dad took me a very good lesson. He said, you know what? These boys have made this company. You haven't done very much so far. So you have to respect them. So what do you think those guys were like to me the next day when they didn't get any in trouble for anything? Wow. Then I was really, you talk about bullying on a job site. I mean, it was intense, right? But I look back and you know what? I don't want to be a victim with that. I want, it made me strong. Mm -hmm. It made me strong to realize that bullies back down. And until I stood up to them, right? And it's hard. You have a band of bullies. You have a band of bullies and it's even more difficult. But it did give me some strength. So the stripes are kind of some days I, I look back and I think when I hear stories today about people talking about sexual innuendos and abuse, I think, man, uh, and not that I'm not sympathetic to that, but I think, wow, you know, we've come a long way because it was brutal in those days. And I don't think there wasn't any women like now I hear so many women talk about you see it, you can become it. I didn't really have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't any other examples of women in my industry. So, but there's still something to be sad of. I would never trade my construction background for anything. I have other friends and they haven't been in the world where, you know, we went to pick up a, one of our workers and, you know, had to buy him boots and had to get him on the bus. And, and I've seen that other side. So I can appreciate people having difficulties of what you need to do to strengthen yourself and your company, right? Mm-hmm. You always have to give sometimes that little bit of extra of other people that are in a difficult part of their lives. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine being in that type of environment, really, like on an ongoing basis for work. And when I think about some of the clients that come to me, many of the women are working in industries where it's mostly men. And if they're in leadership, they're sitting in meetings, it's mostly men. Women are afraid to speak up in those environments. So when I think about young Colleen in one of those situations, like that took a lot of guts. That took a lot of fuck this shit. I'm going back. I'm making this work. Like what kept you going back? Like what was the driver? I think it was survival and just, again, um, obviously some of it was trying to please my dad and make him proud of me. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have people in our life that are mentors. And he taught me a lot of different things. As I said, it's maybe my dad could have been a poster for the old boys, the old school, right? <laughs> I and mean, he really was. And yet he was very kind, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't one to prop you up. And this might, and I'm thinking, I don't think he did it to try to make me tough. I just think that was how it was in those days, right? I always say to women too, you know, when you're in meetings and, and you find intimidating, don't think that you're not in a room with a whole bunch of other little scared little boys, right? A lot of theirs is their ego and they're, they might be speaking like they know, but times it's, it's bullshit too, right? <laughs> so I always say that know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Don't fake what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Be honest in those meetings. Here's what I can bring to the table. Here's what I don't have skills at. You can likely fill that in. To me, the biggest part, and I think this is where women can really excel, is women are more apt to recognize and admit their weaknesses. I, in my world, I found that a lot of men have trouble actually acknowledging their weaknesses. So you can see not having maybe what you don't know, you can use it as a strength. 
Because the strength that you, when you recognize that, you can get other people to get the best, whatever you're doing, the best product, the best work. That's how you can get it. That's what I've learned. Wow, that's such good insight. I did a lot of presentations to high school students or university students, and I'll often share that I thought when I was younger, looking up at older people, looking up, well, I'm short, so <laughs> looking up, I, I assumed like other people know what they're doing. Other people, like they have it figured out. And even looking at other entrepreneurs or just other people in general, we think that others have it all figured out, but then we see our who we are inside are, are panicking, the things we're freaking out about, the things we're disappointed about. So we think that we don't measure up. But it's interesting to think of that perspective of, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. They don't know. We're, everyone is doing it day at a time. We're figuring it out as we go. And I think if we remember that going into something like that, to, to a meeting where there's no other women, you're the only one, that that, that could be helpful. Well, and I think it can be used to your advantage. I mean, like I said, they're always going to remember what you're going to say, right? Mm -hmm. There could be 10 men in the room and they they all might be, but they're going to pay attention if you command your confidence. And like I said, don't fake what you are. If you really come from what you know, and I think sometimes, you know, you can look at other people too, of remembering as a mirror. And sometimes I look at people and I think, man, that's something that I really want to aspire to, or I like their conduct, or I like the way they're speaking. And then there's some of, you know what, you're the best mirror that of something I don't want to be. Everybody's there to teach you something. That's how I look at my day. Everybody's there to teach me something. And I can be the same. And I think, you know, a lesson of just even being simple kindness of seeing people seeing the person that begs your grocery, seeing somebody that's helped you going. I mean, those to me are the easy things that everybody forgets that can make you feel better about yourself and that we all can do, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all a stepping stone. I didn't start running a construction company when I got out of school either. It's a journey. We're all on a journey. Mm -hmm. and you want to try to pick your partners and people that can help you get to that journey, right? Mm -hmm. How or when did you start finding support? Like, did you see other women eventually in your work environments? Or how did you start to just really own that strength of who you are in the construction zone? You know what? I didn't really have a lot of women and there wasn't a lot of women in our company. I mean, we had some women truck drivers, there's a very few, a lot, you know, a lot maybe doing flagging on the jobs. But, and I guess maybe to my detriment, I, I learned a lot from men. And again, I learned a lot that of what I didn't want to do. I didn't really have the women. And, you know, maybe sometimes you take on some persona of, of a male energy. And again, some of that is good and some of that is bad. And I've had to learn along the way of how to soften myself sometimes because it, your impression of me is I do get that a lot, you know, strong, hard ass, this and that. And some of that is true and some of it isn't. Uh, sometimes I look and I think maybe people maybe see a facade. I'm, I'm not that hard on people or I'm not that difficult. First of all, you survive. I had to survive in that world. I didn't have anybody to look to or so I had to survive and pick up things. And I learned the hard way. I always say I'm a huge graduate in the hard school in Knox because I had to learn the bad things, the painful way. Sometimes now I think somebody like my daughter or, or maybe the new generation 
there's so much more help for them. You know, people mm -hmm. didn't go for life coach counseling. They didn't go for marriage counseling. They didn't, there wasn't all the things that you talk about the workplace cultural training. Most of us made those mistakes the hard way and had to learn a painful mm -hmm. way. The mm -hmm. one good thing about that is you do remember it, right? Sometimes when things are a little easier and you have that information and it's not as painful, the lessons maybe don't stay with you as much. But today I look and I think the younger women, they have other lessons they have to learn, you know, uh, that I didn't have in my day of social media. And I only had the bullying on the job. I didn't have it at night um, mm -hmm. or I didn't have it on when I wasn't working on the weekends. So I think every generation has different things to face, right? Mm -hmm. Growing up in a family business, that's a whole other scenario. Living in Indigenous communities. I always say sometimes we're kind of like one big functional family. Because communities, you have what goes on. And in family business, you have what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's everybody's trying to find their way of, to peace and happiness and love mostly, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at a lot of younger Indigenous women who are like maybe in their 20s and 30s, and often I see a lot of them, they know their culture, they know, some of them know their language, and they're just so engaged. That is one thing that like, it's just impressive. But I agree when you say like the, the generation, including my generation, has the Me Too movement and women's voices are important. Like there's so much uh, attention to that, where more than when I was growing up, right, it's even stronger and bolder now, which is really exciting for the women who are coming into all of the workforces coming up. Well, and I think, you know what, I, I sometimes I upset my friends when I say this, but sometimes we go too far. When I take a look at the Me Too movement and all the government rules and regulations in the workplace, some of that is good, Jessica, and some of it is bad. I want to be able to work in a culture and environment where it's safe. Absolutely. But I don't want where we start because of the Me Too that if you have an owner that's going to look and hire, am I going to have the man qualifications? I'm going to have the women qualifications. They're saying, am I worried now? Because I might say the wrong thing or I might like, are we really kind of hampering ourselves a little bit? And like I said, I'm not against the me too. Believe me, I, I lived it. I grew up in it. But I just want to caution women. We don't want to become victims and we want to make sure that we grow that strength within ourselves to be able to deal with that. I'm not talking about sexual abuse or I'm not, that's another level, but I'm just talking about in the workplace, you know, even humor. I mean, people say, well, how did you survive it? One of my biggest tools is humor is mm -hmm. being able to laugh at some of it. If you can't laugh now today, you start thinking, oh, if I laugh or I make a comment of this, am I going to, am I going to get in trouble for it? Right. It, it's like affection. I, I always use the example of my daughter who went to hug a teacher at school and they went, oh, I'm sorry, we can't hug you anymore. Well, yeah. is that what we really want our society to go to? That's true. Yeah. Because everybody is afraid of saying the wrong thing or touching and we become this plastic society. I don't think that's good either. So is there not a happy medium? Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that does come in with humor and maybe common sense, if common sense can be common. Yeah, not really. I, I think <laughs> that's a very rare thing today. You would think it is, but... Uh, just being able to laugh at yourself, right? I yeah. mean, that's, that's a big thing. I find that a lot of times people are very, very defensive today and take maybe things out of context or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just think we've gotten to be a very frail 
society sometimes. And, you know, when you ask what your strength is, your strength is just facing a lot of that stuff and working through it. And nobody else is going to help you. We might think that it's like when we grew up when we were kids, oh, you're going to get married. That's that guy on the white horse is going to save you. Well, we know that's a lie. Right? <laughs> so what, what really is it? It all comes back to you of what you're going to do for yourself. There might be, you know, little taps here and there, maybe some government regulations, or maybe there's some funding here, or there's, you know, uh, training, all that sure helps. But bottom line is, you know what, you have to just get out there and, and do that leap. Right. So a couple of things that come to mind for me hearing that is survival and commitment. Mm -hmm. So people have said to me, like I've raised three sons as a single mom and left work and started a business. And a lot of it was scary. People will say like, how did you do it? And survival is really the answer mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like I knew what I wanted. So commitment comes in. I knew what I wanted and I knew I could get another job that's paying me money that's consistent but I'm not happy. And there were days where I would literally go to my car on my way to work and I would cry because I didn't want to go so bad. And so I felt really selfish being a single mom. I'm the only one that can pay rent, buy food, buy the kids, their clothes as they're ever growing as kids, but it's commitment, right? Survival and commitment. It is. And you know what, but what a great example for you when you have three sons, because sometimes they say, you know, what, women are their own worst enemies. You wonder where, you know, where the, where sometimes sons get these ideas of, oh, I'm going to wait for my wife to wash this and that. Now I find that generation is kind of changing, right? Because maybe the mothers aren't doing because somebody like yourself is at work and they have to be independent. And to me, that's the best lesson you can give them also, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just think that sometimes those are and it is difficult. You know what? Hey, I've, I've driven home two at night and went, man, oh man, you know what? Jeez, God, like what else do I have to learn? Can you give that lesson to somebody else? Like I'm done. I'm tired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like you said, it's the commitment and perseverance. You think you've learned it all that you could possibly learn. <laughs> There's always that one other thing that you've got to shift. And sometimes right. it's just humility. And sometimes it's giving up that power and saying, you know what? I've, I've done the best I can. And, you know, the rest is up to a force other than me, right? But you need commitment and you need perseverance. It's not easy. Yeah. It's just not easy. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it is. Is it rewarding? Am I happy? Absolutely. Am I peaceful? Most days, not every mm -hmm. day. Sometimes lots of people piss me off too still, but it's how I handle it. Am I going to let them get me that day? Am I going to keep that in perspective? What are the tools that I've learned along the way? One of them, are they going to kill me? No, likely not. Right? right. So it's getting down to those bare tactics. And it's kind of your desperation talk to yourself in that mm -hmm. car. Right? Mm -hmm. I can't give up. I won't give up. I got people that rely on me. I got employees that rely on what this company is doing. And you know, that's what you have to put your strength in. Right? So another thing that you've brought up a couple of times is when you get to that point where you're like, I give up. And I can't do it anymore. And I've definitely been there as well. I remember coming home when my kids were small and literally sitting next to my bed with my head between my knees. <laughs> and that was one of my times where I was like, I, I can't do it anymore. But now I find, and I am trying to make it part of a practice where I remember to 
just surrender it all just to say, I know I have to keep going. I don't know what to do today. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know how to make this decision. I don't know how I'm going to make this thing happen. And I just surrender. And that, I don't know if you've ever like intentionally gone to that place of giving up. And (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And And that's a strength in itself, right? To say, I I can't do anymore. It's a strength to recognize I've done all I can, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think as women, we always go that extra mile. And what happens, I find what I've seen in a lot of women is they become empty because you give so much, you give so much. Eventually, you have nothing that fills you up and Mm -hmm. you are empty and you've got nothing else to give. And when you don't have that for yourself, you're not good to anybody else around you, whether it be at work or your family or, you you know, your partner. Mm -hmm. So it, it is sort of a a thing that you have to keep check on. There has mm-hmm. to be some times where you do have to do some things for yourself. And some of that is, like I said, just being peaceful, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it is, is like I said, for me, it, it's helping people. Um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's a big commitment of time to either sit on boards or do different things or start new businesses. You know how much energy it takes to start a new business, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes what I've learned on, say, my time with the Manitoba Construction Sector Council is that I've been involved in an organization that is out there to help newcomers, minority, you know, women. And that to me is what gives you sometimes that strength that day. It's like, oh, that made me feel good. So Mm -hmm. that's a lesson of sometimes when you give out, you get back tenfold, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we all go, oh, do I really need to do that? You know, this and that. And I think anytime that you give your time, that is the most expensive thing that you can give to people is your time, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love where our conversation is going. We're not following my notes, which is totally (laughs) fine, because this is really good. I wondered if you would share a little bit about how do you feed yourself? So you mentioned sometimes if you can go in the morning or the evening, you spend 20 minutes. So what are you doing to nurture your spirit? I listen to spiritual tapes uh, a lot of times. Sometimes it's in my car just going, okay, I've got a really difficult meeting. You know what? Give me, give me some sort of sign that I can pick up to help me and, and remember of what I need to do today. Sometimes it's going out and having, you know, lunch or dinner with my friends and laughing and not taking life so seriously. Sometimes it's watching the news or when I look at people that I encounter, you know, during my day and go, man, I, I should be really grateful you know what, I'm so grateful. And I think sometimes, even though you might have had a shitty day, and you might, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that happen. It's like, man, concentrate on what was one good thing today? Or what do you have that you appreciate, right? Mm-hmm. Be the littlest thing. What is it that you appreciate? Because I think in our society, everybody's got this appetite for more and more. Mm-hmm. I think that that never fills you up, right? There's always mm-hmm the next car, the next house, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. It's funny when you get older, maybe this is just a sign of maturity. Oh, when you're younger, you spend all your life gathering up stuff, right? And now I find when I'm at, you know, at another stage of my life, it's like, man, I got a lot of stuff I got to get rid of, right? Like, <laughs> what do I do with this stuff? So it's like when friends of mine say, well, you know, I'll buy in. I go, I don't want it if it's my birthday. Please make a donation to the women's shelter. Please make a donation to the Toba Center. Please, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of gets my spiritual guide in line, mm-hmm. I guess. And not listening to everybody else of what they think you should do. And that that mm-hmm. takes some power too, right? Mm-hmm. 
I love that. So for people who are listening, who say they're too busy for that sort of stuff, Colleen, running multiple businesses and being on boards of directors and all of the things that you do in addition to work, having a family, eating, like doing stuff like that. Like this is so important to be able to function your best. That's, that's the way I look at it is like you said earlier, I am not going to be good to anyone unless I'm filling my own cup because no one else is going to do that for me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what, if you're not healthy yourself, and I think if you're with unhealthy people, it's only a matter of time before you come unhealthy also. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you should be careful of who you surround yourself with. I mean, we all work with people that maybe aren't so healthy and that's part of our job. And we, you know, I always say they're in our face to learn something, but, and I don't care whether it's your shoemaker, your dry cleaner, be with people that are kind and grateful and I, I'm not going to drop my stuff off to somebody that's miserable because I don't want your energy. I don't want to pick that up. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it's even simple things like that of, of um, being able to keep yourself centered. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It, it, I mean, it takes, it took me a long time to make time for myself, whether it be the exercise, whether it be a, you know, a little bit of meditation. And sometimes I don't do it every day. Sometimes I have to catch up, you know, mm-hmm. on, on the weekend, but it's just being quiet. And, you know, unfortunately, our world today is not built for people being quiet. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you start to, I find for me, I started, you start to lose and get off balance. I mean, it, my balance might be different from your balance, mm-hmm. but you still got to find your own balance, I think, to be right with yourself. Mm-hmm. So a conversation that we have to include right now is the number of women in the construction industry. What are, what comes to mind when you hear that? It's pitiful. I think we were mentioning that right now in Manitoba, it's only 4%. Yeah. So that's a pretty ungodly uh, number, right? I think the organization such as the sector council is, is trying to make a difference in that by trying to involve, you know, going to the schools. Uh, As I said, people, little girls, you don't think of being a construction worker. I think it's that whole thing of women in the trades. Today, the trades is very different. When I was I was young, you went to school and people said, oh, you know, if you're smart, you go to university. You're not so smart, you go in the trades. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, the trades now make just as much, sometimes more than professional people that have come out of university. So I think it should be a career that women start thinking about. I know when I went to work in a lot of Indigenous communities and I used to go to, uh, you know, talk within the community, I go, I'm looking for your wives, your daughters. It's not all men that the, you know, the work is coming there. I want that this opportunity can be for women, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a tough business still for women. And it depends on what company you work for, where they work. I mean, a lot of my work was in the North. So, you know, a lot of women are still, you know, I have to be closer at home. And I find now that the culture has changed because a lot of men want to be close to home. They don't want to be out in construction camps. So there's sort of an obstacle with that. But there's no reason. And it's long hours, right? We have a short construction season here. You know, you, you can be with seven in the morning to seven at night. Sometimes you have to balance your family. You've got your mate that can handle, you know, you having a 12 hour shift. So those are some of the things that you might have to work through within yourself or your own family uh, with operations. But it's a great opportunity. I'm not only talking about what I do, but in the trades, there's, there's all sorts of trades. There's welders, there's blasters, there's drillers, there's different things that women can think of, of getting into. So I think it's just even getting the message out. And we, um, 
course of COVID sort of interrupted that, but we had, uh, for the sector council, we had the, uh, the, the women in trades uh, that was supposed to be this March, but of course now it's in November, but even coming out and now there is other women mentors to see, right? To talk about how they deal with this. Don't be intimidated when you walk on a job. If you have another woman, make sure that you're there to help her, to at least give her some support. So I think that, you know, the trades conference has been very eye-opening for a lot of women to go, hey, I'm not alone in this. I can get sort of, you know, some support, right? Mm -hmm. We all need a village where I don't care whether Mm -hmm. it's here, your home, at work, everybody needs a village. Nobody, no woman can do it on their own. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. One of the style of campaigns that comes to mind for me is even just images on social media and stuff like that. Images of women active in that, but also little girls with equipment. I imagine there are a lot of girls, a lot of females who would be very interested in doing that, but they don't see themselves there. That's the key. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's like they say, you know what, you don't, you don't become what you don't see. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, we've come a way along to help young girls see that there is other options for them mm-hmm. rather than being in the traditional roles. Am I going to say that, you know, I always tell women that come in the construction industry, you know what, you do have to still have a little bit of a tough skin because if swearing's going to bother you or the tough jokes are going to bother you. I always say to the ladies, it's like, if those women can't change their own husbands, what makes you think when they come to work that I'm going to be able to do that? I'm not a miracle worker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just trying to say, get a little and don't take it so personally or stand up to somebody who's bullying it. It's those type of things. And as a woman owner, if I have women, I just like to be able to connect and say, hey, you know what, you go through the appropriate channels. But if there's something that you think isn't right, let me know. Right. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes as owners, we don't People shield sometimes of that, that they don't want you to see that there might be mistreatment. But Mm -hmm. I also say that I think that women do, they have to stand up for themselves at times, right? Mm -hmm. I always say I grew up in the North End, so (laughs) I have thick skin. I can handle that stuff. Although I've never been on that, again, (laughs) that type of environment. Advice that you would give to women who they want to be more confident and they're just struggling with self-doubt, what type of advice would you give to them? I would just say, you know what, don't take it too seriously. Look at it as a learning, a journey. It's in front of you for a reason. That's how you get your strength and your confidence is if you face those issues and challenges of what you're scared of, right? What you're scared of makes you weak unless you overcome it. And I I think that's likely the best thing I can give you is um, face the fears, right? And it does make you stronger. Like I said, now there's not a lot that really scares me anymore. Uh, You know, I just started a new business recently too. And, you know, you have a different perspective when you're older. And (laughs) the interesting thing about this is I started it with my ex-husband, but that's also another growing, you know, always challenging, right? But the thing about it is it's when you know it's right and you know you have a great product, that to me is like, you have to believe in yourself every once in a while. Sometimes things come around for a reason and you can't live in the past either. So many people, we live in the past of what happened to us in our families or how we were treated. Sometimes you got to go, you know what? I'm a stronger person. I'm going to go in another direction now and have something successful out of this, right? I take a look at, we started a business of rock glass now that's sort of a security protection of the solution to broken glass. And it's like, I would have never got into this except always my own glass was broken on my equipment. And sometimes you just got to look at the opportunities 
And you can't live in the past and go, oh, but what about this? It's like, no, this is an opportunity. I'm in a different spot now to be able to handle the challenges of, of having a partnership and, and being out, uh, you know, with a new product. The reason I brought it up is because face what you think you've learned to go on differently. It's basically what life is. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being open and sharing all of that. I know that it's helpful for women to hear stories of other women and what they've experienced. So thank you so much. Congratulations on your first podcast episode. Thank you. That's really interesting to me. Now I can say I've done a podcast. So thank you for the opportunity, Jessica. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01. Because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.